Let's spell a song so you can sing along with one special guest star two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a very special guest who I think this is really his first episode about a topic, not just like an idea, uh, a concept. A concept. You also hear his music throughout my podcasts. It's Nick Babasino, everyone. Hey. Hey. I, hey. I twisted your arm so hard that it felt like I snapped it in half for you to come on to do this episode. It's uh, no, it's, it's, it's one of those where it's like, it's near and dear to my heart, but it's also just, you know, so near and dear, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's lots, which I'll tell you. There's, it's a little triggering. Well, yeah. I mean, there's lots of memories. Uh, Which is pitch perfect in case you haven't read the, the episode name we're here to talk about the classic i mean it's yeah it's a classic at this point it is a classic because um uh, which i'll talk more about later i'm sure um in relation to feeling old um but i was actually helping out at an uh, of all things a student orientation at pace university yesterday and in the skit that the orientation leaders who are babies by the way you know like they are you know 20 20 something 19 you know whatever they did a skit to welcome the freshmen and they did a riff off um of course they weren't singing and they were like doing little dancing but it was a riff off so it was like this is still culturally relevant today uh (laughs) so pitch perfect came out in 2012 yes 10 years ago everyone i cannot believe it uh, it was written by Kay Cannon, based off the book by Mike Mickey Ripkin. Rapkin? I don't. I don't. Mickey know Rapkin. Name. Mickey Rapkin. Uh, it was directed by Jason Moore, and according to IMDb, Becca, a freshman at Barden University, is cajoled into joining the Bellas, her school's all-girls singing group, injecting some much-needed energy into their repertoire. The Bellas take on their male rivals in a campus competition, which that's wrong, but yes. That last part Close is wrong, enough. but everything else was right. right. Everything else was right. Because it's a it's a college, it's it's a competition. It's the ICCAs. Yes, yeah. which is a real thing, everyone. It is a real thing. Um we did I talked about this on my other podcast movie deja vu when 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 nick found out that we already covered it he's just like but why (laughs) (laughs) because this is the reason why i asked nick to be on here he was in an acapella group in his college yeah and um I, you know, a lot of my friends from high school went off to join acapella groups and some of them were in the groups that, I mean, not at the same time as Mickey Rapkin, but ended up being in the groups upon which his book were based, you know? So it's like, I lived it. (laughs) I lived lived it. Lived it all. Um, Yeah. I don't understand. So were mashups not really a thing before this movie? No, mashups were definitely a thing before this movie. Okay. Um, they definitely absolutely were, but they weren't as much of a thing 
as they as they became and they weren't as much of a thing in the way that she was we're kind of getting into some of the nitty-gritty here um you know then nite grite uh as as you might say um but uh, the, the way that she did mashups especially in like in live acapella wasn't as much but it, it, I mean, it still was like, I, you know, and not to say like I was doing this first because I wasn't, there was a lot of, you know, it was showing up, but I was doing that before this movie came out in, you know, 2008, 2009, right. um, you know, okay. I started throwing in, um, throwing into the soprano line instead of actually writing something, I would give them the melody of another song or a chorus or something. So it was definitely a thing. Um, but I think um, it was not, you know, just like, college acapella wasn't you know as much in the radar overall like you know as a society that you know mashup practice wasn't as much in the radar overall i remember before this movie downloading from limewire you're welcome Mm -hmm. everyone for me aging myself um there were like djs that did what she's doing on the, her computer and everything so a mashup as a concept is clearly not a right new thing no not at all um but, the, but it wasn't done in you know as much in as much in acapella i mean again it kind of was but in its own way so i mean you know part of it is like the way that she ended up doing it in in this was you know the sort of new and inventive thing but again it was not as new and inventive for people who were already in acapella because it was already going on by that point, but it was like, you know, sort of introducing it to the world to be like, look, college acapella isn't just, you know, doopa doopa doo, you know, my, uh, you know, goodbye, my Coney Island baby kind of thing, you know? Um, so if you were in the college acapella world, you already knew that this was going on, but to the real world, it was like, oh, they can be cool too. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think of, uh, in Gilmore Girls, when Rory eventually goes to college, uh, there's an episode where there's the, it's Parents' Day, and she tells her parents to avoid um, like archways because that's where the acapella groups are going to be practicing <laughs> or singing. So, like yeah. acapella groups were kind of a joke before this movie, and hell, even in this movie, they make fun of themselves. Right, which is why it works <laughs> because yeah. it is like acapella is at once like amazing and at once ridiculous um it's both right because even when um uh britney britney snow's character breaks down to anna kendrick like what acapella is where they're like we make noises with our mouths i was just like this is stupid writing right. but that's what it is <laughs> yeah. you make you you make noises with your mouth and sing as like for with other people so yeah uh but like the way that they made it sound at least with the bella's final performance it was like this is the first time somebody's doing this right. layering or whatever which is not accurate Histor- like if we're treating this as historic if this is historical realism <laughs> um this is not accurate but if you know for the purposes of you know again sort of like the purposes of the point that it was trying to make i think culturally it was you know it was it had to be introduced that way um you know, but it, what what's also interesting is the people, you know, the, the people who are writing it. And again, Mickey Rapkin had been in the group previously. You know, it's like the book 
was around before that, you know, and was written about a time before that, you know, so it's like, I, I, you know, it, and the movie sort of does a similar thing where yes, it's set in that present time, but it's, you know, have you read the the perspective? Um, I haven't read, (laughs) no, I haven't read it all the way through. I had read bits of it. And that, that was at one point where I was like, I, that was also, it was just like, it was really great, but also triggering. And also, you know, it's just like, Oh my God, this is, I, I, this is my life. I just don't need to read this. And then I never picked it back up again. Cause, um, cause, all right. So from what you meant, what you remember, cause I don't really want to do a Google search right now. Uh, is it a nonfiction book or is it a fictionalized story? Like let me, with some let me real, let me I guess I can thing. do that too. No, I can, I'll do it. You You'll can do it. You can chill. Yeah. I'm going to chill um, that. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be the chill host right now. Yeah. You can do the chill host, <laughs> entertain them with something. So the book is it, it's about him sort of following a season of collegiate acapella. Um, but it's and it's real? sort of so that's where like the the like that's the plot of the movie is basically a season for college acapella where it goes from freshman auditions or not freshman auditions it depends on the group but like auditions for new members and then all the way through to like the end of the year and when iccas are um which not every group does competitions my group actually didn't do competitions at the time um and actually while i was in it too it was something that i had kind of wanted to do but in in the end was sort of a relief to not have to deal with um but then after uh, a few years after i think I feel like it was after anybody that I was in the group with, but maybe it was while still the freshman and sophomore were around who were then seniors. I think they started doing ACCAs. Um, so yeah. So basically it was um, sort of a nonfiction kind of thing, but I mean, I'm sure there was fiction and, you know, I'm sure stuff was fictionalized, but you know, who knows? This movie is not only an underdog story. It's like a, um, you have to, break your traditions kind of a thing uh because you know people come in with different ideas and and they're just they have strong opinions about how things should be done but like i don't know i think i there is a scene in the movie where although she's like a little snarky becca does talk to aubrey and is just like we should like be doing something different you know we should try something new and the way that she the what she says is not the right words but the sentiment behind it is right if that makes sense yeah well that's what i mean is that like you know when it's the younger people or the newer people who come in you have that objective to be like i can see this from the outside because there's no emotional attachment to it and like one of the things it's like acapella is basically greek life for people and like what's interesting especially at my school at ithaca there was no greek life because there had actually been hazing incidents in the 80s and there were only two like two or three fraternities allowed on campus that were quote professional fraternities and they didn't have housing whereas we shared a town with cornell and cornell is all fraternities um so yeah it's like people you know it it becomes your you know it it is close to what a fraternity experience is like because i was when i was rewatching this i was just like well even their boring songs you know the ones that they do throughout the traditional ones that aubrey will not let go i mean they're not that bad as a performance right 
it's just that it's you know and, and that's the thing is that you know that's kind of the point that they're making is that it's not that they're bad it's just that they're not doing anything new and you know acapella does grow and change over time you know it was they're like what's being done now is different from what was being done when i was in school which is vastly different from what was being done five or ten years before that you know and the whole thing is the whole point about acapella is that you know you're going it's it's like it either needs to be so impressive on its own on its own musical merit that people are just wowed and it's oh this is a great concert or you just need to be doing really cool versions of songs that people already know really well and if you stay on older songs that people don't care about in the current moment it's not going to be as you know as fun and i think that that was part of the, the the point was that like nobody cared about the songs that the bellas were doing and they had done them before and that's the whole thing with iccas is that like when you're doing the competitions you do a new set each year oh, and for, oh okay. each year okay yeah yeah the the whole point is that you're going to do a new set um depending on the school and the group it's like they will do that set at their concerts um sometimes and so sometimes you'll hear if you're a student at that school you might hear the song a couple of times throughout the year and we would do that like we wouldn't do new songs like it wasn't an entirely new program every time we had a concert because my group had um four concerts a year we did like mid-semester and um end of end of semester concerts so you had you know rolling repertoire but what was interesting too is that this is sort of like my journey with becca um you know and it happens um like when i got in it was like a building year for them because they had lost a lot of the seniors just so just like what happened in pitch perfect um where there was only a couple of people left and they had to replace the whole group the p like when i got into the group they lost more than half their group so they had to replace it with new people and they weren't all freshmen you know there were a few of us that were freshmen some you know so they spread it out because they realized you can't pick all from one class otherwise you're fucked um as a group so they you know it was a building year and you know they didn't the way that they had been doing arrangements and the way they had been doing stuff sort of led to us doing a lot of the same you know songs over you know the course of a year or two like we were still doing songs that were on the album that that was around before that and you know what's tough is when you're a snarky little freshman who come in you know like me and some of the other freshmen in the group it's sort of like why are we doing this i don't get it but like you know one of the sheer answers is just like well you know the the counterpoint to that is you know well people like this song and we need to do something that we know that we're good at so people come to the show and you know it's a building year so it's it's tough and you know we had one of those near the end of my time there it wasn't quite that bad but we did have to replace a bunch at once um just because of the way that things ended up stacking stacking up and it's it's tough when that happens so it's like you have empathy <laughs> watching it i have empathy for both sides uh because i've been i've been on both sides of that well that's that's um, the thing with this movie though too where like becca we know is a freshman but we don't know anyone else's age. We also don't know where this is because every time I watch it, I think it's California, but I don't. I'm not. It's nondescript right. because the it's. I mean, it's New England is but like the groups that it's based on. Yeah, no, I know, but like I, I do think too. it's California because, like you, you mentioned earlier that we see it through progress throughout a school year, but like there are no season changings. Like the it, it's one right. weather the whole time. Sunny. Yeah, so it's probably California. 
but like uh it's just but like the way that they talk about her moving to LA with her dad I'm just like okay so wait is it California <laughs> or is it like Arizona yeah. or they don't they needed to specify it basically uh but like I guess we didn't really need to know the ages of people because like we, well, I mean, we know that we know that Aubrey and uh Chloe are obviously older they're probably juniors or seniors at this point right Becca's the only one that we that is blatantly obviously a freshman and Jesse I should say but like we don't care about him um right well what's interesting I think is that if you look at Pitch Perfect which I'm, I'm sort of thinking about multiple movies at once because it's hard not to but if you look at Pitch Perfect 1 yeah I don't think you get the sense of their ages Later on, as you watch the movies go on, you figure out that they were all about the same age because then they end up the Haley's what's her name? Haley Steinfeld. She ends up in a similar boat um, where it's like we have to replace the whole group, Um, you know, so it's like they I think they were I think they were all kind of in a similar class. And some some groups kind of do that where it's like they only replace with freshmen, which I never understood at the time. I mean, my my school never the groups at my school, it wasn't like only freshmen, um, but like you know, and that's what I mean, where it's sort of like a Greek life, where it's like you get into the group and you're in that group for your four years, you know. So for your group, did you guys have to have a set number of people? We didn't have to, but we liked to. Um, okay. And there were some years where it was more or less. It was sort of like, well, we can't do it with fewer than this because the arrangements that we had were made for a certain number of voices. And it's like, if you do it with fewer this or fewer voice parts, then it just, you know, the arrangements don't really hold up or you have to come up with, you know, uh, some, you know, some other other way of doing stuff. Because like they, because Aubrey is like, we're looking for eight bikini ready bodies. Right. And I was just like, okay, that's gross, first of all. But like, does it have to be eight? Could it be 10? Could you have six? Like, right. I mean, they um, they didn't they didn't justify the lot uh, another line to say why they needed eight because then you see um, like sacapella or whatever right. they're called and they have like seven people or six people yeah um that I mean it's it's hard to know to use sacapella because that was purely a comedy move um that it's like who knows or maybe they counted the socks as people I don't know I mean I don't actually know because we didn't do ICCAs in again in my group I don't know if they had a um, a minimum number um and that strikes me as possible that they would have because you don't tend to see like four or five group groups you know like rockapella or whatever you don't really tend to see those um at the competitions I don't think but I don't I don't that that might have been a requirement, but I mean it's again it is also sort of like the groups are used to being a certain size, you know, oh, and it, like is it Glee rules. Are we doing Glee rules again? You need twelve. Know. You need twelve members in your group, and you can have sing only three songs. It's like right. this is dumb. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned earlier about how you there was like a riff off at uh, a college that you worked oh, at. Yeah. Is, yeah, are those is that really like back in your day too was that a thing i mean yes and no we had a version of that 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 we did but it wasn't it wasn't that exactly i mean 
but I've also played that game before. Like that's also a theater game that I've played, you know, as, as like a warm up, where it's like you stand in a circle and someone sings a song and then somebody jumps in and replaces them and sings a song that like they pick up a word, you know, and it's like so that game has been around for a long time in its own form. Cause I remember playing that when I was like a child, you know, like, like, you know, theater education stuff, but it wasn't like the whole group sings the song. It was like, I'm stepping into the middle and singing this song. And then somebody else steps in the middle and sings that song. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, for our group, it wasn't like our school, there wasn't anything formalized like that. We didn't really have, you know, like we would every once in a while play that game, you know, or, you know we'd stand around like you know after parties and that kind of stuff and just like sing bits of our own stuff um you know or like when alumni were there we would you know kind of jump in and do do kind of like what came to our mind and somebody would start a song and then you'd kind of pick it up but like it was that we didn't really do that but i think that was a thing but what's a little bit unrealistic (laughs) it's a little bit unrealistic is the fact that the whole group all of a sudden knows a full-on arrangement Yes. I mean, it's, I, I, I get know. it. The idea is that they're supposed to be like listening to each other and able to improvise, which is yeah. great in concept. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's also a movie where we're supposed to suspend disbelief and everything. Right. But, like, Sus- yeah. Suspension of disbelief. The rule that disqualifies the Bellas is I never understood it because they, they don't say it until afterwards, until it happens. Right. What was but, that rule? I forget. What was so, the disqualification? So Becca sings it's instead of it. However, the it's that she's saying is a compound word for it is. So technically she's right. They're going from it uh, feels like the first time to no diggity. Right. So they're saying it feels like the first time it it's going down. Da, 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 right. Da. Yeah. And I mean, it is that, I mean, that moment I always took to be like, they made up a rule to disqualify them. Right. Cause I always felt you like know, that, because... that guy was always was like, uh, uh, what bumpers friend or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. But also, boy. I mean, they eliminated other groups along the way. So they would have eliminated the Bellas if but, they had violated the rule. Well, they only eliminated one of the other groups prior right. to the Bellas. I don't know what happened to that Madonna group. Right. <laughs> I forgot their name, but they're the ones that sing Madonna and they're all clearly gay. Um, yeah. Oh, not or, based in reality at all. No, never. I love their, uh, when they're at the activities fair or whatever, uh, and Britney Spears characters giving the lowdown of all the other acapella groups and they all this one this, this group the Madonna group just is just all standing there and they're giving side eye it's just ah amazing yeah <laughs> I, okay so like in this movie they start rehearsals and they're supposed to rehearse two hours a day seven days a week which a I don't think that's ever a thing that to me i always took is just like it's sort of a joke you know because again some of this is very rooted in realism and some of it is heightened realism obviously and it's like sort of the joke that like some groups rehearse way too fucking much um and some groups don't rehearse enough i mean we rehearsed like what did we do we had during during the regular time we had two rehearsals a week we rehearsed on sundays and thursdays i think or wednesdays think thursdays and sundays and then like the two or three weeks leading up to a concert we would add another day 
Um, that that is logical, yeah. but I think you know, it's, no, two hours a day, seven days a week is is. I I doubt that there are any groups out there doing that. Fourteen hours um, of rehearsal, which is a lot, but not at the same time because, like, right. in two hours, like you have warm ups, which what can take. 20 yeah. 30 minutes and then there's some dicking around time because you're all college age then there's the right. one person who is going to be late because of a test or something like yeah. you got there's so many things that i was just like i get it it's the joke and everything but like that's a lot and a little yeah no it is um but i mean we we had like three hour rehearsals um so it was like you know but i mean but, we could have rehearsed a little more there's some of the other groups i think had three three rehearsals a week um but then when they have that frat party where they apparently suck i was just like they're doing a decent job with like a week of rehearsals right assuming that they rehearse for 14 hours yeah and i mean that's you know and again what's so funny is that like you know (sighs) it's so relatable when you've when you've gone through that because that's always the case there's always like that one gig that you sign on to do too early and it's it's too soon for the new members to know the music and the old members are you know rusty from the summer you know and it's just like you have to make a really good impression and inevitably you don't you know um and it's just like and you all have to be sober so real yeah yeah so i mean what no drinking in college ever yeah really um, yeah. totally um do you have any other stories you want to say you want to talk about i mean i'm sure um what's a what's a like, good one what's a good one a good story like just a story out of thin air no no um, i mean like <laughs> you know what i mean um, like be, oh from, well from this was this didn't, days. Yeah, yeah, this didn't this didn't happen to me and i won't you know i don't who knows if anybody is gonna like anybody from my group would listen to this but so i won't say any names but this is actually this is a story from it was a gig that i wasn't at unfortunately um but it was like a holiday gig and this was like my first do you think it was the first year in the group it might have been i don't think it was the year before no it was yeah so it was um so um it was like a holiday gig um in a mall and um my group did for the first couple of years um, we actually performed with uh, 16 microphones. Um, everybody had their own mic um, on a cord, which is like Uh-oh. a really cool thing to watch and kind of a cool sound if you have a sound guy and sound equipment who can live mix that. And it's very, very difficult. And so for a while, like there was, that was one of the back and forth things with us where it was like, oh, this is really cool. Then after a while, we were like, like my 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 new the new group uh the like the newer kids the kids um were sort of like we should stop doing that and we should get because you can't blend your sound it's all down to the sound guy and you know you can't it's harder to hear each other so we were saying we should do away with that and do group mics and that was a huge back and forth back and forth and then eventually it was one of the things that did get changed and they still do it that way, um, you know, because that's what most most groups do. Because, again, the reality of it is having somebody who can mix that is uh, tough. So we um, but this was when it was still everybody on their own mic. And um, the music director at the at the time, who was this uh, she's this little slip of like slip of a thing. But um, 
the reason why that's important is that like um she she like she had her mic and she like i think the was it the pitch pipe was broken she blew a pitch something went wrong and she like as a joke it well not as a joke but in rehearsals like a a a, a phrase i'm not sure if you're gonna have to censor this out but like they would say uh fucking shit balls was like the sort of swear you know was like the epithet of choice um so she like something got fucked up with the pitch pipe or something and she said into the microphone holy fucking shit balls and like nobody was really sure if the audience heard it but you know because everybody was on a microphone it was like right there so it's like so that was funny um but again i wish i wish i was there um oh my god i mean i can think of better probably some better stories well that Um, that's actually brings up a good point too that i was thinking that i was thinking about while watching this movie because in is it regionals? Um, they don't all have mics. Uh, like they right. give the soloists or like people with like an important line a microphone, but like everyone else is unmiked, and like yeah. that has to affect the sound in a way. Well, it does, and I mean, again, it's it depends on the group. There are some groups who would do no solo mics. And everybody is on a group mic. And then the soloists just step forward. We ended up doing a modified thing where we had group mics and we had the soloists and harmony on dedicated mics so that they were, they, those were mixed separately because you had like for us doing the music we had in the venues that we had, we just had to do that. Um, well, so, so like- and then we also had a mic for the, per, for the beatboxer and we had a mic for our bass because that was one of the sounds that we liked. We liked having a a dedicated like hand mic for the bassist. Do you feel like though, it should be either mics for available for everyone? Not, not necessarily everyone has a mic, but like, you know, you either do a group miking session or like everyone has a mic or there's no mics at all. I mean, you mean like no amplification at all? Correct. I mean, you can only do that in certain venues because it's like, and it depends on where you're performing. Like for us, the, the, the places where we would perform, we would not have been able to get away without microphones. Like people would not have heard um, because it wasn't, you know, depending on what college you're in and what venue you're in, like the acoustics, if they're not great, you're not going to hear it from the back row. And you also will have a hard time distinguishing the soloist from the rest of the group. Um, but in certain things like churches or like places that have good acoustics, you can get away with that and you can have the soloist in the front. And it also depends on how you do your arrangements. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter if the soloist disappears or not. Um, Cause like the, the usually, um, or I'm trying to remember like the acapella groups when I was in college, they didn't do choreography that is a whole other a bag is the choreography because if you're doing choreography that moves around it, it i mean it, it you need cordless tough. mics yeah because you need cordless mics because you're not you can't do a solid mix um we didn't do choreography and for the school for the other two groups that did iccas at the time they it was very limited choreography it was like a um, step but they touch. had some it wasn't like wasn't like what they do at the end or like what no i mean uh, it did get it actually like my senior year it kind of got to that to that way but i still don't i don't know i think maybe for iccas they gave everybody their own mics because again like an ideal situation and what you see in concerts and stuff you know is like if you're if you want 
an edgy rock sound or like a lot of volume, then yes, everybody should have their own microphone. However, you need somebody who can mix that. Yeah. And that is a tough skill. It is very different from mixing other things. And it's like, you need rehearsals and mic checks because they need to know who goes up, who goes down. They have to watch all of the channels. You know, it is, it's a serious thing. You can't just hand 16 people microphones and set them all at the same level. It doesn't work. Um, What What do you you mean? Exactly. And you know, because everybody's levels are going to change based on the song, based on the minute. Um, so it is, so, you know, in my opinion, like standard, if you're talking about like college acapella groups without choreography, I think it should be the group is mixed on, you know, two or three group mics and the soloist is in front of that and has dedicated mic, which is, you know, again, what we did. So no surprise. That's <laughs> what right, I think. But if you're right doing do. the level of choreography that the troublemakers are doing, then you need, yeah, then you would need individual microphones or good shotgun mics um you know because there are you know mics that if you've got people dedicated sound people who are tracking you across the stage with you know you'd need a, a mic setup with you know you'd want some hanging mics you would want floor mics you would want you know i mean if you're talking about having th- theater lav mics you know like anything you'd have to come up with some way to mic people um, so the easiest way to do that is cordless mics for everybody and then just hire a sound team who can deal with that uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat? Um, not that's on my mind. Um, we did think... kind of talk about this movie, right? <laughs> yeah, we did. I mean, talking back about talking back about the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is just like it's. Oh, oh, by the way, the Aka thing. That's a Aka, thing. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, groups would do that, but like that was also not a thing before that as much and my group i mean at least i mean it's probably school specific like you know we we actually you know before this group before this came out this is our cd that we did in 2008 so it was even before the book came out our album was called acapocalypse i love it so and we had dinosaurs and a a, you know a meteor and stuff um do you still have a picture of this or or do you have yes somewhere send me a picture so i can put it on the socials Okay. <laughs> I will. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's like you feel for if you're if you've been in these groups, um, it's it's hard to say, you know, sweeping this is a sweeping generality, but it's like it is just that. It's true. You know, if you if people watch it and think, oh, college acapella can't be that, and it's like, no, no, it is. It very much is uh nonfiction. This is a documentary. Well, um, but the thing though is that they they're only focusing on that aspect of everyone's lives whereas right. you when you're in college you have other shit on your mind like you know uh all of your classes your social yeah. life you're other this you're that like like i get it there's also jokes about how like that aubrey has where she's like this is the only thing you have to work you 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 need in your life I mean, and it's just like okay we get it it's a movie but like well that's actually not all that far off from the truth for some groups it again it depends on the prestige because there are some group like my you know my college the groups didn't have like national prestige but if you're talking about like the yale whiffin poofs or you know the tufts bubs or the okay the smith, and can... from smith it is kind of you know like i have friends who are in those groups and yeah they had other things they did they had social life they had class but like 
it's a big it's a big fucking deal you know it, but i'm saying like, i'm saying though like we don't really there there is no classroom setting oh like right yeah so yeah. The, the yeah the movie doesn't offer us any of that and that's also probably because the book again focused on but like it's not important to the story however no, i'm saying not. in real life that yes in some instances this is very important to be in this archipelago group but like you're also paying for a degree that right. <laughs> yeah that, that's like a little more important i feel like even than like the whiff and poofs like right well i mean and again it depends yeah it, i mean it depends on who you are because i would say in general you're right but there are probably some people in some groups where it is sort of like well this is my life you know it's sort of like how you know the analogy is and i and i do say this about this movie it's a sports movie it's yes. a mighty ducks movie it's a, you know and and but it's it's using a different lens than most people are used to and the analogy is the the college athletes who just kind of go to school and get drafted by a team you know and they like yeah they go to class yeah they get a degree but like does it matter to them no not really and there're definitely some people in some of these groups in some places where that's close to the case probably not as much because again as we know being the arts most people in the arts are like unable to shut off other (laughs) other inputs so it's like no i have you know it's you know so anyway uh okay let's get into sharp and flat shall we yes sharp flat so in this section we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it i don't think we really talked a lot about this movie but whatever we it was a great conversation uh and if we liked it it's sharp and if we didn't like it i thought it can change it's flat uh let me go first with my sharps uh so i love the group names i'm sharping that because i love a good pun except for the barden bellas like i think that one they were going for the alliteration rather than like the, the let's say the high notes which they were all stoners who sang um because that's hilarious. Um, I also, there's, okay. Okay, this is really stupid. But there's a, there's a scene where Becca's in the, in the quad, I want to say. And she's listening to one of her mashups that she's, do, she's doing. And then in the background, there are these people just running around in a circle. Don't know why we're in college that never that never really happened that i saw when i was in college and i was in college like right before this movie came out so like i want to know what their story is let's figure out why they're running around in a circle um are they are they doing a is it a class is it a group i don't know um i really do like the shower scene from like start to finish the whole thing like seeing Britney's uh Britney Snow's feet and a, and another person's feet in a stall I laughing my ass off and then they do the whole titanium thing love it and then <laughs> I definitely have stories about that um oh shit. which we can come back to not not that not assaulting someone in a shower but do you, I mean I can just interject do it. a little do bit it. But yeah I mean it really is like auditioning like you sometimes you would definitely hear like somebody say oh this person needs to audition and then you like you spy on them and you like track them down and you like find them and you you know it's like you don't find them in the bathroom um but you know you do like 
go after this person who doesn't know who you are and may or may not actually be interested in auditioning for your group. And you're like, yeah, you need to audition for us. Um, come to our auditions. Here's a flyer, you know, and it really is just like, you it's know, you have, you have that. Um, there's which also is funny. something about a shower that yes. lets people sing. It's the acoustics, you, yeah. But like, I sing in the shower. I'm not a singer by any means, but you know, I do it. I, everyone hums a little ditty in the shower. And if you say you don't, you're fucking lying. Like, I don't care. Because <laughs> uh, like, you know, it, it's a it's such a thing that it's become a trope in media. Because like, that's the whole basis of how Cory Monteith's character in Glee joins the Glee club because somebody heard is because Will Schuster heard him singing in the shower. So like, it's gotta be important to some degree. Um, I also am going to sharp and it's so stupid. Becca shouting to Luke when he plays her music. Um, Luke, the, the radio DJ or whatever you call him. But like the way that she's saying the lines it's like, I know she's shouting to nothing. Cause like when you film, you don't necessarily play the music live because what audio and whatever. So like, I feel like they recorded that and she was definitely like, that's amazing. This is great. This is my song. Awesome. And like, <laughs> she's not really giving emotions or anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like the finale performance of the Bellas. That's all my sharps. What were yours? Oh God. Um, I mean the shower, the 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 acoustics that they have in that shower. Um, the shower audition. <laughs> it's just funny, and it's just a funny moment. Um, oh God. I mean there there are so many because it is so like it just I watch it and it hits so many chords for me. Ha ha ha. Um, let's see what I did there. Um. I think um, a sharp for me is the creative and funny way that they found with the nodes thing and the bass, um, because there are groups that do use actually octavizers um, in live performance girls groups um, or women's, you know, like uh, the like sort of female only acapella groups. Um, And I think that's cool, but I think that it's just kind of funny. Um, So it was was fun that they addressed it that way. Um, And also the whole thing, the whole moment where she, you know, says, I have notes and everybody comforts, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, big admission kind of like, it's like, I had cancer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's, that's uh, accurate Um, (laughs) to to, to what that was like. Well, yeah. I Um, mean, even like, no matter if you if your voice is your profession or in this case you know potential profession i mean it's serious it's very yeah, serious it is it is i feel serious. like though i mean obviously it's a movie and they dramatize everything but i feel like they like condensed down everything for that yeah because it's like years of therapy like yeah and also that training and everything that you have afterwards and that doesn't happen like it can change your voice but it doesn't make you a bass right but like when you're a female (laughs) but like when you have that surgery like you have to go to like pt and oh yeah she would have been on vocal rest for ages she would have been out for the year if not right multiple years (laughs) so um yeah so there's that um there are a lot of a lot of sharps i think um ben platt like groupie thing was funny um, I like that, and also struck struck a struck a chord. Um, 
You know what? I'm also going to add a sharp in there in the Troublemakers uh, regionals performance. That's that's the one where they sing right round, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, ben Platt has a foam finger that is customized with a treble clef on it. So yeah. I'm sharpening that foam finger. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. That's funny. It's amazing. Um, another sharp um because you know i always think about this is that there is definitely less so in the boys group but there's like body diversity um and like in a positive way you know and it's like you know rebel wilson all you know although she has since you know changed well, her also appearance. esther dean who plays yeah. cynthia rose yeah um and they're also like you know positive sexual characters it's not like a character based on like oh she's fat and uncomfortable it's like no she's just fat and like great you know what i mean like and owns it because like exactly um that's that's her person that's her Um, that's her first line that she says where it's like because twig so this way twig bitch is like you don't call me up behind my back i'm like yes that is right right. but then yeah I have a segue into flats if you uh, no I mean a sharp uh, one of the I mean it is kind of it's it's hard to like narrow down because again there are there are just like so many really great really really great moments in this movie it's written very well and very funny especially as an insider but I think one of them one of the best moments is I mean anytime that the girl who becomes the beatboxer whispers um, and then where she's, what was the last one that she says? She's like, I can't. I ate someone. my twin in the womb. I ate my twin. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, sharps for me too are the, the music, um, you know, because the arrangements are really good. And I really like uh, one of one of the sharp moments for me is when they build that arrangement live. Uh, just the way you are. And yeah. just a dream is the song. Yeah. Um, because that is very, very real. It's very organic. And it also lets people see like how these arrangements are actually made. Um, because if you're not an acapella person and you don't know how to listen for that, like some people can hear it and decode it and some people can't. And for that kind of breaks it down for everybody to be like, oh yeah, so this is, this is how that works. And like, this is, you know, so it's kind of fun. Um, That's so like yeah, we can talk moment of the, if it, yeah. we're still going on that this is a sports movie. Yeah. That's the coach giving a pep talk moment. It's exactly right. Or yeah. the star player who um, is the lead of the movie. Yeah. It's like, guys, we're graduating this year. It's this Trey Bolton pep talk. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Okay. So for my flats, mm-hmm. a lot of the humor, even at the time, wasn't great. Like, I get that the um john the com- the com- male commentator mm-hmm. like, he's supposed to be a misogynist that's his whole thing throughout the whole franchise and everything yeah but like my god fred willard saying some of those lines i was just like you must have like hated yourself for a little bit mm. um also the the racism in this movie mm-hmm specifically towards uh kimmy Jin. yep um and then i just i, I flooded becca's dad because like he's such an asshole in a way yeah yeah it is you know and i mean you sort of have to have that that's the conflict with the whole 
you know, you shouldn't be doing this. It's not a real, right. you know. But, but like, he's also, for me, representing those parents that are like, you have to go to college. You don't. You don't have to do yeah. that. Like, you don't have to go to school, period. No matter what. Nobody is telling you that you have to go to, like, I don't know, 10th grade. You, I mean, well, you should, because then you then that opens doors for you to be like, I, yes, I am a high school graduate, but like, you don't have to. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's it, it, it's not mandatory anywhere, really. Well, compulsory education is, but up, only to a certain age, because um, then you can like decide that you don't want to do the rest of high school. Yeah, because they never it's to like 16. Is it 16? Maybe 16 or 18, maybe. Yeah. Because 18, you're considered adult in, in ma- right. majority of ways. But like, uh, you never find out what Becca's major is because I have a feeling music at the time, music producing wasn't a major. Well, it probably it was, but not at every school. I mean, I don't know if Barden University has a music producing department. No. No, I mean Ithaca had a recording. It was a te- it was a music tech uh, program, and it was like under it was in the music school, and it was like a, a tech a technological degree, and it was I don't know if it was producing, but it was a recording. So they did recording and producing, but not producer in that sense. Because like I feel um, like she is a music major, but I just don't know what. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I, I don't um, think it's performance because that's not sitting right. No. No, that that's that that was not the case, uh, and that was really yeah. it for my flats. Um, flats for me were there are sometimes when it's like they obviously paid attention to what people's mouths were doing and what the arrangements were doing, and there were definitely times where they overlaid stuff in the arrangements that don't match what people were doing with their mouths. So for the most part, it's pretty good, but there were definitely some points where it's like, oh, you're cheating. Not as bad as Glee. Um, but oh, um, ugly, like ugly. Yeah, they they were pretty good for the most part. But like, there was definitely some times where there would be like bass notes or stuff that would be coming from the ballads that wouldn't have been, and that was like before the note the nodes thing, and like from other groups. And it's like you only kind of know if you you know if you know, and otherwise you don't. You again, you wouldn't like pick up on it necessarily where it's like, they're just doing stuff in post-production that it's like stuff that you could get on an album, but you can't really get that effect live um, unless you have super complex um, software that you're running all the voices through, which you can. Um, But yeah, like the, the bass notes and stuff, it's like, you know, that was like, Oh, well you're cheating because, you know, at the same time, even though it was funny how they dealt with it, part of me was just sort of like, Oh, well that's a cop out because it is difficult acoustically for all female groups to have as much of a sound impact as male groups because of the lack of bass, like not even, and I'm not even talking about like, like aesthetics or like what's good or bad, but you just don't have a bass sound and all of music. We are programmed to hear bass. You know, it's like every song has bass. So when you hear, uh, you know, an all female voice group, when there's no bass, it can be weird or unsettling or sort of feel like it never, you know, drops or whatever. And, you know, they came out, I don't know if they like put it, I feel sort of like they put in the nodes things so that they could have an excuse to have a bass voice when they could have used an octavizer as, you know, because that's what groups actually have done. 
but I don't know. Um, so to me, that was a little bit of a cop out where it was like, mm, okay, well, you're still giving them a bit bass sound and you're kind of cheating here. And so anyway, um, and then they kept her, they kept her in the group for too long, you know, because she didn't remember in uh, Pitch Perfect 2, she doesn't graduate. She's like still there. Um, We're not talking about Pitch Perfect 2. We're just talking I about know, the first one still, right now. I have to. Well, it's, they it's they, the they justified it by saying she's like a super senior. No, I know, but like my point is for the base, and this is this is why it's like that's my oh. flat is that like they couldn't come up with another solution for it, but they had to acknowledge that that was the case because it is like you know it's like just acoustically it you know especially for the for the for because this was made for the general audience, not for acapella audiences who. Or right. who might be used to hearing all female groups because even like the all female girl groups, like pop groups, they've got bass in their tracks, you know. So it's like you're right, not but missing that's, that. That's the music, though. That's the because like right. acapella. The, I don't. Is there is there an all female acapella pop group famous group? Um. I would say not mainstream now because there aren't many. I mean, really, Rockapella is the only mainstream full acapella group that I can think of, um, except for uh, Pentatonix, but they're co ed and sometimes they do stuff with instruments anyway. Straight No Chaser is another um, one that, uh, st- yeah, a lot of people will know of their one of their songs. Right. But they don't get like radio play. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and that, you know, so that's that's a thing is that like, I think they were acknowledging the fact that most audiences are going to f- not really know necessarily why it doesn't sound as cool. So they had to put in the bass to make it sound, oh, yeah, this sounds really great and full. And it's like, well, it's because you added a bass. <clears throat> but anyway, um, um, would, it would, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I mean, I feel like some of them are. Um, their their final the the those two that I mentioned the do 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 yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, when I see your face like that plays through my head every once in a while and it shows up and then their finale number I do think about sometimes because it is quite good um I'm, you know from I'm, an arrangement standpoint as well I'm gonna agree with you on those and I'm gonna add party in the USA see I don't I mean that one's like I don't think about their version of that. Party in the USA is on my life playlist because of well, okay, wait, spot no. that it took in my life. But are you talking about their versions or the songs themselves? Their versions. So yeah. I think you know what? I I I I think I broke my own rule when it comes to this question. Cause like I also like the fact that it's like them finally bonding. Yes. So that I mean, okay. So I won't add it because like you need the visuals and it's them getting together, but I will a hundred percent agree with you with the, uh, with the pool mashup and the Bella's final. Um, And I think like it or not, everybody who was, who has seen this movie or especially who was alive in the last 10 years, cups is on your life playlist, whether you like it or not. Um, It's inescapable. (laughs) Which is funny because they only added it into the movie because Anna Kendrick, learned it like on her own yeah like it wasn't in the original script so that's wild yeah i mean and what's funny about that too so to sort of bring it back to the movie and also like live you know like stories and stuff is that like i you know 
there are people who come in and do you know what you ask you know or like do the songs that you expect and like they're really great and then somebody comes in and does something totally weird and random and it's just like i have to have you you know and it's like you you just feel like falling you know like the whole group falls in love with this but like one of the people who who um was it i forget if it was the second or third year i think it was the third year i was in the group um came in and sang the karate kid theme song and like could have could have chosen like he his he had this really great voice it was very guster very like alt for us and like he would have been a great fit in the group anyway but he sang karate kid and it was just like i i don't i don't care he's we're gonna take him um you know it's like you know because and there were probably i don't even remember but there were probably people there who like on paper had you know were like music students who could have like you know more right. range or, or whatever you want to, whatever you want to say but, but like it didn't because matter because this kid had a presence yeah and it was like a character thing and it, it makes you remember them mm-hmm. you know so it's like you remember when people do kind of off the off the off the beaten path stuff and like that was a moment that i remembered specifically was that like oh yeah he did the i i think i'm also going to add since you've been gone as a song because like that <laughs> okay if you well, ooh, 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 oh, oh, I just thought of this. Go with me on this. If you think about okay. it, the way that they present since you've been gone, they are starting to layer things too. That is then what is done during the Bellas finale, which is that they layered different songs on top of each other. So like. There's there's moments in since you've been gone where it's just the percussive noises that they're making, or um, it's somebody singing by themselves, or they ma- make a duet happening. So I think I I think are they are trying to foreshadow with that the finale. Am I wrong? <laughs> um, I don't Did know. I, I don't. I don't know if you're wrong. I didn't necessarily see it that way because it's all the same song. I mean, I didn't see it that way until now, but like, yeah, I'm saying like the fact that how um, each voice is like a track, if you will. Yes. And like they do different tracks in the the Bella's final um, where like, you know, they do callbacks of the other songs that you've heard throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's what I think they're trying to do with Since You've Been Gone. Now that I, that I just realized this, I don't, new thought in my brain. Yeah. Everyone. yeah. Um, but I, I mean, um, I do like their arrangement of it. Cause like. Yeah, it's fun. Um, Cause like and, Skylar Aston takes the lead in it, most of it, but like you get everyone else singing. So. Yeah. And that was interesting. And I don't know if, well, like if, if that was a choice that they made to do it, or if there are some groups or some schools that do that, because like we had all separate auditions, like you, you didn't audition for all of the groups at once you auditioned individually for each one. And you also didn't have one song that you had to learn. It was like, you could, you know, everybody would sing their own song. And then for callbacks, you would learn a song together. Learn a song, yeah. Um, yeah, so you would learn a song together for callbacks, but again, we didn't do like a cattle call audition for each of the groups. Well, you would have people who auditioned for multiple groups, so then you would have like a race to 
accept them first to see if they would take you or if they wanted to wait for the, you know, because, you know, you always had um, that, you know, and then we would like. Just depends on what you're looking people, for that year. Uh, right. Yeah. And I mean, we would do a thing. We stopped doing it. <clears throat> I'm not sure why, but we would um, track people down um, when we accepted In the them. In showers, right? No, but like wherever they were, like when, like on the, so the way that we did things was a little bit different. A lot of groups will have like a board who will make sort of decisions or like the musical director decides who's going to be in the group, you know, like each group kind of does it differently. We had a system where we had all the auditions and then we had callbacks and then we had deliberations and deliberations. Well, for callback, the deliberation process was easier. (coughs) Apparently you need water. It's not the COVIDs. Um, (laughs) um the for the callback deliberation process it was like you had to i forget if it was like two-thirds of the group needed to want you in something like that um or needed to want to hear you so it didn't have to be unanimous but for us for getting into the group it had to be unanimous um there was no other option and so everybody in the group had to um, want you. And that was a really fun thing to find out, you know, because we didn't tell people that as part of the audition process, you tell them that after they get in. So it is fun where it's like in some groups, you know, it's like, Oh, well only the board chose to have you here, <coughs> but we were like, no, everybody in the group wants you. So we would show up at their dorm room or I think we did find somebody in a bathroom once, but we didn't actually go into the bathroom. We just waited. Like we went to their dorm room and the roommate said they're in the shower. Actually, you know what? Shit. We did do that. We didn't go into the shower, but there was somebody who was like, they're in the shower. So we waited. You didn't go in the shower out. and sing Titanium no, to them? No, no we didn't. You. Because, the, because in the real world, there are some boundaries. Um, what? I know, <laughs> really. So, um, yeah, so we, uh, so that, but we, I don't know if they still do that. Part of me hopes that they do, but we also stopped doing that. Um, while I was there. Um, but yeah, it was, a, you know, and what was, what's interesting in the movie though, is that like, you know, that's sort of why that song happens, I think, because it doesn't reflect the music that the Bellas do and the, the arrangements that they're doing. Um, but because it's a cattle call, it is, you know, something that, uh, you know auditions for everybody but it's it it is just interesting when you know anyway plus, plus they probably only had the rights to a few number of songs so they're like since you big god is the audition song everyone's gonna sing it okay bye yeah yeah um but on that note we're done with the episode huzzah mm, yeah nick what do you have to plug or promote um what do i have to plug or promote um i was in a it, it's up this summer uh, it's sort of like a web webisode releasing filmed theatrical thing. Like we did, we sort of staged it theatrically and filmed it oh, nice. um, <clears throat> called Orpheus was an asshole or sorry, Orpheus was an a-hole. Um, so, uh, yeah. and it's, you know, a retelling, a more Eurydice focused retelling of Orpheus and Eurydice without, but still following. It's, it's, it's really cool because it's very, you know, there's a lot of really fun tongue cheek humor, but it feels very rooted in Greek. So it's not sort of like, you know, uh, you know, the Eurydice, you know, where it sort of like tells a different story. <coughs> it does, you know, it follows that, but it's, um, it, it's an, it's a new retelling of the tale and it's fun. And where um, can so that's people up on, find that or is there still, um, it's that? turn to flesh. Uh, it's, that's the, um, the turn to flesh is, uh, the theater company and it's on their YouTube page. Um, or on their website or on their socials, which I will um, 
put up in the show notes. Cool. Um, and then for me, no, I've just been focusing on being alive. Um, not so the song from Company. Similar. No, no, not that. Um, just, you know, because I had COVID two months ago and then I went to London. So there was a live event that I could have plugged, but it's already done. So, but that's also in London. So that, that's not a thing anymore because it's over. Um, How so, dare you? I know. Um, uh, okay. But if you want to talk about your, uh, you, the listener, if you want to talk about your time in your college acapella group you can you can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com i'm also on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at buttasongpod uh or let's or let's get together and chat nerdy stuff about music because it's like we didn't even get into some of those like nerdy slash embarrassing but mostly cool nerdy things like in one of the there's a song that we did called amaranth um which most people it's like a uh what was the group Nightwish, um, it's like a sort of like a uh, uh, were they from Norway? No, Finland. <gasps> they were they were some sort of a Scandinavian, Scandinavian um, yes, uh, like a Scandinavian Evanescence band. And Amaranth sounds like an Evanescence song, but it was like something that nobody really knew. So we we picked it, and I was doing the arrangement, and I like you know because I I was just like fried and i didn't want to think of anything real and then i realized that the alto part was um the christmas song from the, the grinch who stole christmas it goes fabu forest doris welcome right christmas now. spring your light yeah so that's the alto line i'm um, in the chorus of amaranth so you know i want to hear about that kind of stuff because it's fun and i miss doing that um yeah, I don't do, I'll put, yeah yeah i'll put your if you want to do that with nick his your socials is just your name right yeah um and then also you know if you're curious about some of the acapella stuff um i don't know if you want to put up and, and because the album that i worked on was called acapocalypse which i'll see if i can find and send to you i don't know where you can stream it if it's like on any of the stores or not i have no idea um maybe it's, it's a, i'll check i'll check the youtube and you know <laughs> what i'm gonna do I, I i've threatened this so many times to you on both podcasts I think I'm gonna post your your Brady Bunch one on my. That's okay. Do it. That one I really love. Um, that one. <laughs> that one. If you or... want like a good example of like a one man acapella group, right. acapella thing. One. Yeah, acapella video. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a shit ton of them all over yes. social medias, but I've been threatening Nick for two years now that i was going to post it and now i'm going to post it so go ahead and do it um i would say it's either that one or the i am what i am born this way or the uh friday friday Friday, days of the week um but yeah brady bunch is fun um but the friday days of the week one is one of those ones that's like called callbacks to a whole bunch of songs because it's friday Manic Monday. Manic Monday and Happy Days theme song and Saturday Night It's All Right for Fighting um, Elton John um, so it's just a lot of days of the week um, so yeah but it would be fun to talk about that stuff um, because I and I also do currently arrange um, still for some groups and um, 
there's a group at Hobart William Smith that I do some arrangements for uh, an all female group up there. And there is an example, they have some of their stuff on YouTube. And one of the ones that I did with them was um, the few years ago uh, to the till there was you. Nope. Did it again till it happens to you, which was uh, Lady Gaga's. Um, <clears throat> she did this contest um, a few years back where, where uh, it was the song that, that was uh, with the um, sexual abuse doc, uh, documentary. Um, and um, it was I've the, never heard um, you talk about this. So this is all new for me, everyone. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you can check it out. I mean, I don't know if I have it posted anywhere on my stuff. I probably do on my website, but if you look up till it happens to you and Hobart William Smith, which is HWS, um, probably um and i can send you the link so you can put it up if you want to great but they filmed a music video of it which is beautiful um they it's like they did such a good job with it um and we came in second place to a group that you know it was like oh well i they were more mainstream but we had more views and lady gaga tweeted ours so at one brief moment in time um i That's was amazing. on that lady is- gaga's twitter but i hate you that's amazing well i mean did it happen again no um but anyway so yeah you can check that out um do you know for... how many times i've been on lady gaga's twitter zero so the fact that it happened to well, you well she didn't put my name on there it doesn't matter um, okay your, your work was on her twitter it's none true. of mine is on um, her twitter unless it yet. unless you, you the listener knows her and wants to yet. Yeah. throw my have her throw my stuff on there um and yeah. if you want to be part of next episode's conversation we're celebrating the fourth of july on here with 1776 everyone Woo! i thought things it hurt a lot uh yeah. nick thank you so much for letting me strong arm yeah. you into finally doing this <laughs> no it's yeah you're you're quite welcome and maybe we, we'll do the next we're gonna one. have you come back yeah are, do There's you, two more Pitch Perfect movies. There are do. two, but like you don't have to do that. That's well, I don't, we'll we'll no, find we'll something. Figure, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, bye for now, everyone. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork, and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.